Welcome to Wayne Zion Luther Church in Roma, This is Sunday, August 7th, 2022, 150th anniversary worship service, celebrating and honoring our senior members. This service was recorded on July the 31st. The sermon is by Reverend Dr. Karen Nelson. The accompanist is Barb Andreessen. The lecture is Pastor Wade Reddy. Thank you to Gary and Jan Rickles for sponsoring this week's broadcast in honor of their 60th wedding anniversary on August the 14th. Join us on our website at waynesion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning. What a glorious morning we're having this morning. And look at all those dirks out there. Even from Kansas City. We're glad to have you all here. We got a special day, a very special day, as we celebrate our 150th anniversary again on this Sunday. We have a very special guest. And I know when I was praying with her earlier, she, she's modest. And uh, we have the Reverend Dr. Karen Nelson with us today. Let's give her a warm, warm welcome. On this anniversary Sunday, let us give thanksgiving for the gift of baptism. And so uh, you'll find this on page 71. We're going to use Roman numeral 5 liturgy. Holy God, holy and merciful, holy and mighty, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. You are the fire of rebirth. Glory to you for the oceans, the lakes, for the rivers and streams. Honor to you for cloud and rain, for dew and snow, for waters are below us around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the foundation of resurrection. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. Hagar discovers your well. The Israelites escape through the sea and they drink from the gushing rock. Naaman washes his leprosy away and the Samaritan women will never thirst again. At this font, holy God, we pray and praise you for the water of baptism and for your word that saves us in this water. Breathe your spirit into all who gather here and into all of creation. Illumine our days, aliven our bones, dry our tears and wash away the sin within us and drown the evil around us. Satisfy all who thirst in your living water. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, we continue our service with the greeting in the Kyrie at 98 in the front of your hymnal. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and all for who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Amen. And I'll turn it to you, Pastor Karen, for the prayer of the day. I invite you to join me for the prayer, to the prayer of the day. Let's pray together. Oh God, you have promised through your Son to be with your church forever. We give you thanks for those who founded this community of believers. 
and for the signs of your presence in our congregation. Increase in us the spirit of faith and love and make our fellowship an example to all believers and to all nations. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let me share our first reading for this Sunday. It comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians, the third chapter. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will uh, be revealed with him in glory. But put to death, therefore, whatever you... Uh, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewing there is no longer Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scytherian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell me, my brother, to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care, be your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there, will be there, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have the ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Wow, it's good to be here with all of you. I'm loving the videos because up there I see some Sunday school teachers of mine, Luther League leaders. Neighbors, 4-H leaders, it's great to be with you today. Thank you, church, for inviting me to, to come back and celebrate with you. And thank you, Pastor Wade, for sharing the pulpit with me. I don't think I was ever allowed in here before. <laughs> kind of liking this. I want to go back to the um, epistle lesson that was read. Back to what um, the Apostle Paul said to the Colossian church. 
He started out this way. He said, so if you have been raised with Christ, I was raised with Christ here. He goes on to say, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I was encouraged to seek things that are above here. And then it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. My mind was set on things above in this place. Thank you, church, for 150 years, and congratulations for faithful service to the Lord. You know, 150 years, and I have been a part of that for 65 years, and I have proof. I'll show you. I have a bulletin here. November 18, 1956. Reverend Karen was the pastor. Doreen Streeper was the organist. And this is what it says in that bulletin. Parents rejoice over the birth of their infant daughter. A daughter, Karen Sue, was born to Gerald and Betty Dirks at the John McDonald Hospital, Sunday, November 11, 1956. Mother and child are doing fine. Congratulations to the happy family. I want to read the first part of that again just for my brothers. <laughs> Parents rejoice over the birth of their only, no, infant daughter. They may have rejoiced over you. I don't have your bulletins. You'll have to find that yourself. And then four weeks later, December 9th, 1956. My mom kept good records. It was fun to find this stuff. Again, um, Reverend Karen, the pastor. Doreen's still at the organ. And it says, um, write that name they ha we have given in the book of life. Karen Sue Dirks, gives my birth date, was, um, re received the rite of holy baptism on Friday, December 7th, 1956. Godparents, Merle and Etta Dirks. So I have to talk at a Friday. Why was that on a Friday? We'll have to find out a little bit more about that. And then I have my confirmation Bible, Pauline. I have mine too. This is from Palm Sunday, April 4th, 1971. This was given to me by my sponsors, Merle and Etta. It's had some, some um, wear and tear on that. So I have that with me. And then I also have from the Express... The picture from our wedding day, and it's one of my favorite wedding pictures um, because this is outside the church with all the flags. We were married on Memorial Day weekend, so all the flags up behind. Um, absolutely love that picture. That is from, um, we were married on May 28th, 1978. And you know, since then, we have come back for family baptisms and confirmations and weddings and burials. All in this place. Oh, and by the way, someday I will be buried. Lot 278. Plot 5 or 6, whoever goes first. <laughs> Thank you, church, for your careful and faithful care for me and my family for generations. You know, in Paul's letter that he wrote to the Colossians, it was probably written about 60 A.D. And it started out, that third chapter starts out with this. He says, if you have been raised with Christ. Now he probably didn't mean that statement the way I used it. I confess I took some liberties there, Wade, but I think I'm going to redeem myself. Okay? 
Paul wasn't talking about being raised in Christ as in brought up with knowing Christ. That's not what he was talking about. In the previous chapter, in chapter 2, he was talking about baptism. And this is what he says there. He says, when you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Paul uses that language of dying to our old selves and being raised to new life when he was talking about baptism. That's what he was talking about when he said raised to life with Christ. You know, for, for those of us that are lifelong followers of Jesus Christ, we know that this journey of faith takes a lifetime. It is a lifetime journey. We are never done. We are never done learning. We are never done growing in the likeness of Christ. We never retire from this journey. It's a life to death journey, or maybe we could say a birth to death journey. But Paul takes a little bit of a twist here, and he calls it a death to life journey. That death of dying to yourself continually, dying to our sinful nature, and continually being raised in Christ. Now I don't know about you, but I know that to be true in my own life. That old nature, some of those things that are even in that list in Colossians, things like greed and anger and slander, they still pop up in my life every once and again. Anybody else relate to that or is it just me? You okay? You all there with me? And you know, when I recognize that in my life, I have to say to myself, that's got to go. That's got to die again. Growing in Christ is a lifelong journey and a journey that began for me here. You know, knowing that I was coming to celebrate with you, I've spent some time reflecting on things that I learned and experienced here. How this place and many of you have shaped my faith. I'm wondering if you found yourself doing that. Have you taken some time in this season of celebration to reflect on your own life of faith and how being a part of this faith community has shaped you? That's one of the reasons, the important reasons for celebrations like this. It causes us to pause and look back, remember, rejoice, and sometimes reclaim our journey of faith. So here are a couple of things that, that came to my mind, a couple of things that I have reflected on. It's a couple of questions that have been asked in my faith journey over and over again. Often these questions came in connection with my path into ministry. These questions were asked by people, by committees, by board of ordination, by congregations that I have served. The questions go something like this. The first one is always something about, um, when did you answer Jesus' call to follow him? Or maybe they said it like, when did you become a Christian? Or when did you accept Christ into your life? Now that may have been because this Lutheran girl was going into the Methodist church and they were suspect of me, I'm not sure. But they just kept wanting to know if I was the real deal. The other question they always would ask is, what was my call to ministry? That first question was really the toughest one for me. And that's because of you, in a good way. Tell us about your decision to follow Jesus, they would ask me. 
The reason that was so hard for me is I don't ever remember not following Jesus. And I would say that. I don't remember a time when I didn't know that I was loved by God. I don't remember a time that I didn't love Jesus. You taught me that. You told me that Jesus loved me and I believed you. And I still do. People have asked you that question? Or have you ever asked yourself that question? I know for people who didn't grow up like I did in a church like this, surrounded by people like you, that for some of them that question is more obvious because they know a date, a place, a time. I didn't. I just knew this. And I knew you. I saw what it meant to live a life of faith. I saw the way you worked together in the church. Those harvest festivals. The ice cream socials. Sunday school. VBS, serving on committees. I remember how you taught us and how you modeled what it meant to live a life of faith. But it wasn't just here in church. I saw it in other places too. I saw it in your businesses in town. I saw it in school and on the school buses. I saw it in 4-H. I saw it at the Great Jones County Fair. I saw you living out your faith day after day. Were you perfect? I don't know. I was young. Probably not. But I do know this. I wasn't perfect either. And I also remember your grace and forgiveness as I was growing up. And I've tried to model my own life after your example. And as I have looked back over the years and those questions that they kept asking me, I realized that there was a time when your faith, the faith of the pastors in this congregation, the faith of my parents, the faith of my mentors became my own. I was able to realize when that was. For me, it was Sunday, April 4th, 1971. The Sunday I affirmed my faith. The Sunday that I was confirmed. Now I knew the confirmation drill here because I'd seen it every year. Every Palm Sunday growing up, white robes, red carnations. Is that still the drill here? Oh man. Um, some of you were in those pictures with me. Um, but anyway, I, I remembered that so I knew what to expect. I knew we were going to come up front. Um, we had a few questions, but not, not like the questions that, that others had. But there were a few questions to answer. But here was the thing that, that always worried me. We had a confirmation verse, and, and Pastor Gilbertson <clears throat> confirmed me, and he wanted us to memorize our confirmation verse so that when we stood up in front of the congregation that we were able to, to say our verse. And that made me nervous. I did not want to mess that up. So I searched the Bible for the perfect verse. Not the perfect verse theologically or anything like that, but the verse I could remember. And I found one. It was seven words. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. See, I still got it. I nailed it that day. I was so excited about that. And I knew what to expect that day. As a matter of fact, I stood about right down there. What I didn't know is how that was going to impact me. Because I knew what the questions were going to be and I knew my answer would be yes, yes, yes. But I didn't know that I was going to answer that with my heart. Something happened inside of me that day. Now John Wesley, the founder of, of Methodism, would say my heart was strangely warmed. But I believed what was said here. 
And I believed the way I answered it. And I truly did affirm my faith at that time. You know, I never realized how, how deeply that verse that I memorized settled into my soul. Until about 25 years later when I was in seminary. One of the classes I took was called Content of the Bible. And the text was a Bible. And the class discussion was discussing the context of the Bible every day in class. And I knew that the grade for that class was resting on one comprehensive essay at the end of the class. Now that made me nervous because I thought, you know, of all the classes I take in seminary, the one I want to do well in is content of the Bible. I didn't know if anybody would see my transcripts, but I thought if they did, that needs to look good. So I was so nervous about that test, and, and I remember walking into class the final test day and picking up that, that test sheet, and there was one question on the test. Now that's good or bad. It's good if you know it. It's bad if you don't. And I, I looked at that question, and I still remember what it said. It said, pick one verse from the Bible that best summarizes the whole thing for you and support your answer. And I froze. I couldn't think of any. You guys, there's a lot of verses in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there's 31,102 verses in the Bible. I didn't count them, but if you want to fact check to me, you could count them. Okay? I could not think of one until I did. And do you know what verse came to my mind? 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loves us, loved us. And I was able to support my answer because I learned it here. I learned it here. I also believe that my call to ministry came here, although I didn't realize it at that time and I didn't realize it for a long time. I only knew I loved the church. And I loved being in the church. Any chance I could, I loved being in the church. I think some of that might have come from coming with Aunt Etta on Saturdays to clean the church and being in this beautiful space, just the two of us. I still like a clean church, Etta. I still like a clean church. My first sermon was also here. Esther Gilbertson, our pastor's wife, my Sunday school teacher, my speech teacher, my drama coach, encouraged and helped me prepare a message. I don't remember the, the reason. I don't remember why I did it, but, but she helped me with that. And I got to give my first sermon. I think it was over there. I wasn't allowed here, remember? I was over there. <laughs> this is what I remember about that. Um, I got paid. I don't know why I got paid, but I got a check for $25. And I was so excited about that. I was kind of waving that around when I got home thinking of what I was going to do with my $25 until dad said to me, you know what you're going to do with that? And I was thinking a few things and he said, you're going to put your name on the back of that and you're going to drop it back in the plate next Sunday. That wasn't one of my options. <laughs> and I remember him saying to me, we don't take from the church, we give. We give. You know, I laughed because when I got um, the letter of invitation to come here, there was a line in there that, that said there would be a gift. And I thought, oh yeah, you would do that to me again, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> I can't take that way. You just might as well drop that in the plate. Because Dad would have none of that. Those are a few of my memories and thoughts of the 65 years that I have journeyed with you, even if it's been from a distance. And I journey forever grateful for the foundation of faith that you laid in my life that allowed me to build a life that I could serve Christ in. 
Last week, I, I got a hold of one of my Lutheran pastor friends who serves in a church in Cedar Falls. And I said, hey, can I borrow a hymnal? Because I want to look over that baptism service and that confirmation, affirmation service once again. I wanted to look at those promises that were made on my behalf. I wanted to look those words over. Those words that were said um, when I was baptized. Wait, thank you for starting here at the baptismal font. Because there were words that said something like, the congregation, you promised to support me in my life in Christ. And you did that. And, and Etta, one of your promises as my sponsors, um, you fulfilled too because you and Merle did nurture me in the Christian faith and helped me live in covenant of baptism and in communion of the church. Thank you for doing that. And my favorite line in this service is the line, I think it's kind of towards the end of the service, it says, Child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Forever. You know, I don't pretend to understand all the mystery of God and the mystery of God's grace. But I believe that that was true. That that Friday that I was baptized, that I was marked with the mark of Christ, the cross, forever. So church, this is what I have to say to you. Don't quit doing what you've been doing for 150 years. Don't stop following Jesus. Don't stop growing in your faith. Don't stop setting your mind on things above. Don't stop supporting and encouraging one another. And don't stop raising future generations in Christ. Thank you for all you've done. Amen. Well, if you'll join with me, and I will ask you to rise as we share our affirmation of our faith that's found in the Apostles' Creed on page 105 in the front of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting in God's extraordinary love, let us come near to the Holy One in prayer. O oh God, you are wholeness. Where there is division in your church, bring reconciliation and healing. Guide the work of theologians and Sunday school teachers and seminary professors and all who provide instruction for building up your church. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are the source of all life. Where creation cries out in distress, bring relief and renewal. Bless farmers and distributors and all who provide for our food. Nourish the land and all of its inhabitants. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are wisdom. Where nations and communities yearn for peace, bring justice, strengthening those who toil with the welfare of others, especially military personnel and the sons of this congregation whom we lift forward to you, Ben and David, Trevor and Dustin. 
for our police and first responders and for healing the nations. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, you are life. Where your people are overwhelmed with the busyness of life, bring encouragement, accompany all who experience emotional, mental, and physical distress. We pray especially for your healing mercies upon Jenny Boken, Bill's sister-in-law, for Bill L. Boken, and Teresa, Niall, Lois, Henry, Kalinda, Chase, Gwen, Sandy, Lucille, and others known unto you. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are love. Bless Parker and Ashley and their love for one another, and may their marriage be a blessing to all whom they encounter. Let your love be a seal upon their hearts, a mantle on their shoulders, and a crown upon their foreheads. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, you are resurrection. We give you thanks for your saints, especially Leroy Peterson, Kelly Heron's father, who was laid to rest yesterday. Surround Kelly and all the family of Leroy and inspire us by their example of faithful living to set our minds on the things above and to be rich in love toward you. Lord, in your mercy. Receive the prayers of your children, merciful God, and hold us forever in your steadfast love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite the congregation to please rise. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license. Number A-729734. All rights reserved.